Hey everybody, Dr. Nick here with another exciting episode of the Hospitality Spirit. Today I'm joined by Juan Mendez. Juan is an instructor at the School of Hospitality Leadership at DePaul University in Chicago. Juan also serves as the diversity, equity, and inclusion advocate for the Driehaus College of Business. He's an alum of DePaul University where he received both his undergraduate and graduate degrees. Having worked at the university for over 10 years, including as a faculty member for the last five years, Juan has an extensive knowledge of many areas of the university. Prior to becoming a full-time faculty member, Juan worked in the events industry for over 10 years. This allows Juan to bring a real-world experience into the classroom to share with his students. His teaching and research focuses on event management, event production, and global tourism. Juan, thanks for being on the Hospitality Spirit today. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here. So Juan, we always start with the current and the present in the hospitality spirit. So why don't you elaborate a little bit, if you could, on, on what your current role is for the School of Hospitality Leadership? So my role as a full-time faculty member is kind of a unique, I kind of have a unique position here. So I do teach. I teach a variety of different courses, almost exclusively centered around events, event management, event production. So some of the classes that I teach are an introduction to event management, which is a broad um, general understanding of the events industry. What does it take to plan events? What are some of the strategic topics that are required for students to possess in order to plan and execute events? Moving forward from that, I focus a course on event production, where students actually produce a live event on their own, of their choosing, during one of the quarters during their time here at DePaul. Um, beyond that, I teach some other interesting topics such as event tourism, catering management. Um, I've had some experience teaching some etiquette courses for students. I've also teach an advanced event management course where I have undergraduate and graduate students, students who want to enter the events industry or are about to enter and join the hospitality industry. And this class, I kind of see it as what don't you learn in the classroom? What didn't professionals who are in the industry today, what didn't they learn? Um, and what did they learn on the job that they wish they would have known? So I bring in industry professionals to speak with them about that. Part of my uh, job is to plan events for the School of Hospitality. So I'll help manage a variety of different events that happen here, um, from our mentor programs, uh, receptions to student club events. I help out with those elements. So that's kind of my day-to-day -day operations between teaching and the other parts of my job associated with events. So this is really interesting one for students that say to you, you know, Professor Mendez, I, I want to go into the event side of hospitality and tourism, which is an enormous side of this industry. What sort of jobs do students who take your courses then upon graduation go into? Yeah, a huge variety of different jobs they can enter into, they can, they, they have entered into. So I have students who um, you know, traditionally, when people think of events, they think of hotels, and hotels is a huge portion of the hospitality and tourism industry. So I'll have students come in. Upon graduation, they'll, they'll go and work at a hotel. They'll be event coordinators. They'll be event services. They'll work in food and beverage outlets. I'll have students who go and work in the restaurant industry and plan events and sell spaces 
um, at, at a variety of different restaurants. Um, I'll also have students who come and work for associations and they'll plan events for them. Many of them are located here in the city of Chicago where we have the one of the largest, if not the largest number of associations here. So there'll be event planners and event coordinators for those types of indus- um, th- those types of organizations. Um, I'll also have students who go and work in corporate events. So they'll go and plan events for a variety of different companies, whether they're legal and law firms, they could be consulting companies. We have a student at KPMG currently. I also have a group of students who go and work for nonprofits, and they'll do event management and event planning for them um, in a variety of different roles, whether they're an event assistant, event managers, event coordinators, in those types of areas. I also have students go and work for decor companies, AV companies, general service contractors. There's so many segments of the hospitality industry that the events industry does touch upon, and students have so many different options. Um, I have so many students that are looking um, and finding great and amazing jobs. Yeah. And I mean, and talking to some of those students and talking to you, it it really is a passion for events that was lit very early on in their education. And they go out and they do internships and they pick up part-time jobs. And then upon graduation, they're really, I don't want to say endless, but there are so many opportunities. I think sometimes people assume that it's you know, if you say I'm going to major in events, says I'm going to go be a wedding planner, I'm going to go do events like that. But in reality, you might go work for a Fortune 500 company that has nothing to do with hospitality, but shareholder events, training events, um, retreats, all sorts of things. Often these companies need people that understand the catering aspect, the budgeting aspect, the audiovisual aspect, the decor, all of that. And that's really what, what you teach them, which is, which is truly amazing. You know, you, you went to DePaul, you got your undergraduate, your graduate degree there, but you also did events at DePaul before that I'm, I'm, and then worked in the industry. I'm curious, what, what was it for you that said events? That's what I want to do for my career and then eventually got into teaching it. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> and I always tell this to my students. Um, I love teaching my intro to event course and seeing students who are taking it just out of an interest in it. And, you know, they're accounting majors or they're, you know, they have no background. I was an undergrad history poli-sci major. Never thought I would work in the events industry. Never even thought of hospitality as a job, as a career opportunity for myself. So I I went into it thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I'll become a lawyer. Maybe I'll become a teacher. I wasn't sure. So I took a job um, and it was just, you know, relatively quickly after graduating. So I was happy to have a, you know, a job that paid, that paid me a salary um, that was enough to pay my bills. And I started finding out what I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. in life. And I knew I had some, some skills that were really important in any type of a job. So the critical thinking skills, the time management, the, the ability to multitask, the ability to project manage multiple things that are going on at the same time and be able to build what things are going to look like. And those are all skills that I quickly saw events played a huge role in that. And so I started working on some events and I was asked to do that outside of my typical role. And I really enjoyed it. So then I decided, you know what, this is something I really want to do. So when another opportunity comes up, I said, hey, is there any way I can get involved in that project that you're working on? Can I help you with this continuing education course that you're going to be putting on? So that's kind of where I started. I started working with, you know, food and beverage. I started doing some event planning. Um, I started executing events and I really liked it. So from then on, I started, you know, this is something I'm really interested in. I'm going to look for another job. And that's when it brought me to DePaul 
and I was able to find a full-time position um, in the Office of Advancement Planning, Fundraising, and Stewardship Events for DePaul, which I had a great connection to as an undergrad, wanted to come back, mm-hmm. um, and I planned those. So I always tell my students, like, you never know what you're going to like. And you never know what's going to pique your interest, but just keep trying and see what you like. And eventually you'll find something that you really, really enjoy. That's great to hear. I mean, I think we, we talk about on the podcast a lot. We talk about how for students, there's kind of that aha moment when the, the, the switch is flipped and they say, yep, that's what I want to do. And one of the things that I've always been impressed about with you and, and the way that you approach your teaching and your service is that you know, you help students explore that, whether it's through taking students to conferences focused on the meeting and event industry, or whether it's our student club, the uh, event management club, doing all sorts of things. There are, there are so many different avenues and routes that you can take in this industry, and you really let students explore that. Absolutely. I love being, having them go and work at a hotel, thinking they never would have. And some of them enjoy it and are like, you know what? I really do love it. I love the fast pace. I love how every day doesn't look the same. Some of them are like, you know what? That isn't for me. That's not an area I want to continue down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's great. That's that's a great thing to know. Some, sometimes knowing what you don't want to do is equally as important. Exactly. And then, you know, we connect them with the resources here at the School of Hospitality, which are immense for our students. There are so many different opportunities and resources available to them and saying, hey, you know what, this opportunity came up in an event company. Why don't you try that out? Or there's a corporate internship available. I think you'd be great at that. See if you like it. Do it for a summer. Mm-hmm. So being able to have them do that is an amazing story. So where I'd kind of like to take us now is is to pivot slightly. We're, we'll still stay at DePaul, but I'd like to pivot a little bit and talk about this new role that you were selected for at the university uh, and more specifically inside the Driehaus College of Business. You're going to be the diversity, equity, and inclusion advocate for the college. For those that aren't familiar, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what that role is and then kind of the role that DEI initiatives play uh, in higher education specifically. Absolutely. I'm really excited to be in this position. Um, It's one I never thought I would be in. Again, um, it's something that I have had some passion for. Um, for some time, um, especially here at DePaul, being uh, a mission-driven institution where I firmly believe in that mission of educating first-generation college students, typically from the, you know, our, our biggest source of students is from the city of Chicago with a larger minority population here in the city. So I had that feeling that this is something that I really wanted to, I had passion for and something I wanted to, to play a role in and kind of help where I could. Um, And I've been on the Diversity and Equity Inclusion Committee since it was founded about three years ago. Oh, okay. Um, It's been a great experience for me. Um, With the untimely passing of our previous um, diversity advocate, a position opened up and I was, um, had some conversations with some people around the college, was um, encouraged to apply and I applied um, for it and was, you know, uh, awarded this position and, and I am in it now. So basically this position is going to be, I'm the advocate for all groups of um, individuals at the college. So primarily focusing on faculty and staff of the university, so employees, but I'm their resource. They can come to me with any issues they may be facing around any equity, diversity, 
inclusion issues. I am their advocate at the university level, so I will sit on the university committee and have a voice in planning the university's diversity, equity, inclusion um, initiatives. But from there, I'll also be shaping um, the new equity and inclusion and diversity initiatives at the college. What does that look like? Um, and I am co currently co-chairing the diversity, equity, and inclusion committee um, with a colleague here at the college. And I'm going to be doing a lot of figuring out a lot of conversations with individuals. Where do they think we should be going? What should be happening with the culture of the college. And I think that's one area specifically in higher education is, is developing that culture and what does it look like and what does it feel like to be a member of the Paul and what does it mean to be a member of Driehaus, the Driehaus College of Business. So that way when individuals come on board and they enter, whether they're a faculty member, a student, or a staff member, that they feel welcomed. They feel they understand what Driehaus is. So I'm going to be focusing a lot of my time on building that culture of the college. Um, what does it mean to, to come in? Um, and then also assisting those that are struggling. And, you know, it's a very turbulent time right now, especially in the last few years. A lot of individuals don't necessarily feel comfortable or they, they just don't understand. And in higher education, that's critical for students who are entering. And we have so many first-generation college students who come on board who don't really have a background at higher education and don't really know what to expect and they don't feel comfortable asking questions so i want to build a culture that where students feel comfortable to be able to ask questions that might that seem dumb to them or might not be the you know the most obvious questions to ask so that's what i'm going to be kind of focusing my time as the diversity advocate um, at the college how how do you juan mendez how do you define and talk about what diversity means in in the context of perhaps the role that you're in now or or just holistically i mean people can approach this this concept in this term very differently i'm curious how you approach the concept of diversity absolutely and and there are millions of different definitions of this <laughs> as i'm finding out very quickly um you know i think it's more about building a, a a group of individuals who represent everyone who look like everyone who feels like everyone and it's not necessarily, I think a lot of times people look at diversity and they just want numbers. They just want percentages. And if we have 5% African-Americans in our, in our group and we have 5% Hispanics and we're, you know, then we're fine. And that's not the answer to me. I want to have the best people that we can possibly have and, but also have very different ways of looking and thinking and different experiences in life. So it's not just a gender you know, looking at someone's gender or ethnicity, it's actually looking at their background and what have they experienced and what what do they do? So here in higher education, we're, we're kind of lucky because we have faculty members who are experts in various segments of knowledge, and they have so much to bring to the table. And, you know, we have our committee is made up of minorities. It's made up of women. It's made up of, you know, white males, white females, Hispanics, African-Americans, people who are not um, born citizens of the United States and they immigrated here. Um, and I think having that wide range of view of what diversity is makes us a better place because we have all of those experience and all of that knowledge to be able to come to bring to the table and actually make an inclusive, very broad, dynamic um, environment for everyone. And that's refreshing. I think sometimes people people assume and I think I assume correctly that race, national origin, and gender are defined diversity. But 
in reality, it's a lot more than that. It's age, it's marital status, it's sexual orientation, it's, it can be all sorts of things. I mean, to each of us, diversity means something very different. And, and I applaud you for really kind of casting a wide net to define what diversity truly is. Thank you. I'm, I'm curious, what, what were some of the, so you've been serving on the diversity committee for the last couple of years, and, and here you are kind of becoming the advocate now going into this, into this new, this new year. What were some of the initiatives? I mean, you, you mentioned being an advocate and your doors, your proverbial door is always open for students, faculty, and staff, but can you identify any specific initiatives over the last couple of years that you think highlight really a best practice in encouraging DEI? Um, so it's been a very strange couple of years, as everyone has experienced. <laughs> I think everyone would agree with that. <laughs> um, so we had some really great laid out plans in terms of creating affinity groups and talking to students and getting them involved and then also talking to faculty and staff and what do they need. And we had some plans set up to have some very broad educational opportunities for faculty and staff. That's interesting. Like like what, what sort of opportunities? So, so things like um, building off of what our internal university resources provide at the teaching and learning. Um, one example being how do you incorporate the not having biases in your classroom? How do you, how do you identify it? And how do you, how do you see what, what is happening? So that's, that's one programming element that we're actually bringing back and going to be pushing out um, is these resources that are available for faculty and staff to be able to come to and kind of get some training on um, what does it look like? And in a very inclusive, non-judgmental environment, we think it's going to be important. So being able to look at what does your syllabus say and how do you word things or, you know, unintentionally, what are you saying potentially that might make someone feel uncomfortable or not included in the classroom? I would imagine a big part of that is also just allowing some self-reflection and awareness Absolutely. As, as well. And it's, it's because I think everyone kind of understands what, what DEI is, yep. but it's the question of, do you understand it to the extent that it's an accurate representation of what's really going on? And, and part of that is just becoming self-aware. Absolutely. And that's, and that's going to be a big, important role for us um, moving forward is how do we develop that and get individuals to feel comfortable to self-reflect and look at, and it's not saying we're, we're not saying you're a bad person. You know, uh, this is, this is, we all have places to grow and learn and you may not understand it because you're, you never had that experience in your background. And there is a lot of individuals who may have a completely different background and understanding that where they may be coming from. Um, may may affect that. So that's going to be a big role um, for us moving forward. We're also going to be working on a couple of uh, bringing the business industry back and bring how do we tap that um, element that we have since we are a college of business and how do we look at how is diversity, equity, and inclusion being handled at the business level so we can prepare our students to enter a workforce as prepared as possible and I have an understanding of what is a corporate culture environment look like and making sure that the business world also understands that we're going to be sending out these very diverse students into to join their organizations and you need to have that prepared. And I think it's part of that is also is conveying the power of diversity. I mean, when you look at it from you put your business hat on and you know, businesses are very bottom line focused. They're like, what is, what is the benefit to us as an organization to have more diversity 
how would you how would you answer that question? Let, let's say a company comes to you and says, you know, I, I want to hire some students, and we're we're thinking about incorporating DEI into the way in which we hire. Why should we do that? How would you answer that question? Yep, I think having a more diverse population of employees makes you a better company. There are different ideas, there's different experiences. As I said, that those individuals bring to the table that you never anticipated. As a, as a loose example, um, the college is planning a career preparedness event um, coming up, and they asked to have some students involved, and they reached out to me and said, would either your class or your club want to get involved in this? And I said, absolutely, I think this would be great. Let me run it past them. And my students in the club had, there was interest, and we met, and we discussed this event, and they brought different ideas to the table that neither one of the three professional um, individuals who have, you know, combined 30, 40, 50 years of experience ever thought about. So they had a different perspective of an event given their background. So I think employees and employers, if you have a diverse background, you have a great ability to tap a lot of ideas that you might not. You also have a great ability to connect with your customers if they have individuals who come from a similar background or even look like them or, or talk, you know, have, have those, those similar experiences. So I think that really helps you both as a culture of a company, but also at your bottom line business um, elements. It's interesting that, that you that you say that. And I think listeners of the podcast have probably heard me mention this before. I had a mentor one time in when I worked in the casino industry, and we were talking about, we were opening up a big casino, and we were t- kind of talking about the process and recruiting and we ended up needing to hire about 10,000 people. And we had about eh, just over 100,000 applications for those 10,000 jobs. And he, we got in the t- topic of diversity. And he said exactly what you said. And this was mid-2000s. He said, you want your employees to be as diverse as your customers. That if you're catering to people from all over the world, all different ages, all different genders, all different levels of discretionary income, all different education backgrounds, all different travel experiences, because diversity can be anything. I mean, when you look at some of the definitions of diversity, you have primary diversity characteristics, and you've got all these secondary diversity characteristics that really makes you an individual. And he said, you got to just have your employees be as diverse as your customers. And I still today, you know, this is 20 plus years later when we're talking about it now, I still firmly believe that. So when we look at the the composition of, let's take higher education, when we look at the composition of our faculty and staff, I would hope that that would be pretty representative of who our student body is as well. I think it, it, it just provides more validity. It provides more relatability to the educational experience. So I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that. I totally agree with you. Um, and that's actually something that we are looking at at the college is what is our makeup? look like and how are we doing compared to our student population? How do our students feel about it? Um, how do we compare to our peers across the, the higher education landscape? So I think every company would uh, benefit from looking at something like that. And that was kind of where I was going to go as we as we start, kind of start to wrap up. I'm, I'm curious, is it is it the chicken and the egg? Is it Are, are we doing this because DePaul is a mission-driven institution or is this sort of initiative, something that you see across the entire higher education landscape? Oh, absolutely. Across the higher education landscape. This is happening at every institution right now, I believe. Um, And if they're not, they need to be looking at it. 
Um, I think students are demanding it. Um, and I hate to look at our students as our customers, but they are, you know, that's the best business analogy. Um, they're demanding it, you know, um, they, they want that. Um, so I think if an institution isn't doing it, they're really behind the eight ball. I think our mission forces us and does us a lot of benefit of being prepared for that in advance of, of students demanding it is that we've always been looking at this and feeling it. But the question is, is are we doing a good enough job today? And if not, how do we make ourselves better? And I think every single organization can be doing better. I think they will each see an area of improvement that they can say, you know what, I really think we could be doing it better in X area and growing from that. Um, so DePaul's doing the same thing in the colleges also. We've done some preliminary work and we're doing pretty well in terms of the diversity makeup of our faculty and staff. But can we be doing better? Is Does that make sense? And how do we serve our students better by having a more diverse um, group of faculty and staff? If, and kind of, I got two questions left here and and I'm curious, so you've been at DePaul for about 10 years. If you look to where we were 10 years ago and where we are now, if everything fell into place for you in a perfect scenario in my mind, what do, what do we look like in another five or 10 years at DePaul or just in higher education in terms of DEI initiatives? Are we kind of where we are now or do we have a lot of room to grow? Oh, I think there's still a lot of room to grow. I think there's, and the thing about it is that it's ever changing. So in my opinion, it's never going to stop. What do you mean ever ever changing? Um, diversity and what does it mean? And what do what are people what are people looking for? And what do we look at to to include? So let's just look 20, 30 years ago. People thought it was diverse if they had you know you look around the room and there was one African American, one Hispanic on your board, right? I'm diverse. I have someone. That's not enough today, and that's not the diverse the only diversity we're looking for. To your point, we're looking for income levels, we're looking for gender, we're looking for sexual orientation, we're looking just for life experience. Are they, you know, an immigrant? And what does that mean? You know, the, the United States is becoming even more of a melting pot and the world is much more globalized. So what does that mean? So I think there's a lot of room for growth um, across the board and higher education. And I think here at DePaul, I would love for us to, to look more like the city we operate in. Mm, um, that's interesting. We, we want to be Chicago's university. We want to be Chicago's business school. And I think we have the potential to be able to do that. But I think we need to look like the city we're working in. And we need to have representation at every single level that makes us feel like that. And I'm not saying there has to be, you know, numbers associated with it. And, and we have to have X number of faculty that are, you know, from this minority group. And we need, we need to recruit this many students. I still think our mission is going to drive us educating first-generation college students, but there's a huge potential amount of individuals in the city of Chicago that we can bring to DePaul and we can have them join us and educate them and make them amazing members of society and put them into the business world to succeed and have them prepared to exceed. That I think is still unmatched um, and we have a lot of room of growth in that area. Um, we'll be doing some work on faculty hiring and what does that mean? Um, I think there's also some some work that needs to be done and things we can do in terms of what pipeline of individuals are looking to become faculty members. I think a lot of younger individuals don't really see becoming a professor as a job opportunity for them. And I think there are great organizations doing some amazing work that in institutions can partner with to say, you know what, this actually is helping me and helping our organization. So we want to be a part of your work that you're doing. That's great. 
As we wrap up here, Juan, I'm, and my final question, if someone is listening to this right now and on their computer, in their car, riding the train into work or school, and they want to immediately do one of two things or both. One, they want to assess how they approach diversity and, and enhance their knowledge. And two, they want to somehow get involved in this at the university or maybe their own university. What, what suggestions do you have? Are there associations people can join? Should they seek out you or their respective diversity advocate? What, what are their action items right now? So here at our, at our institution, absolutely reach out to your diversity advocate. Reach out to anyone in any position um, across the university that has any role in it, and they will be more than willing to talk to you about it. Um, getting involved is going to be the most important thing. If you, this is something you feel passionate about, ask. You know, we just had someone um, recently ask, you know, I really have a passion for this. I'm new to the, uh, to the college. I'd love to be a part of the committee. Absolutely. Join. Um, so I think that's really important. Every organization, every institution will have some sort of diversity, equity, inclusion, either an office, individuals, some sort of committee, something associated with it. I highly recommend going and reaching out to those individuals. And there's a lot of literature and a lot of information that's being written right now about it. So inform yourself as I am doing to, uh, for myself right now, even more so um, since I've been tapped for this role. Um, and just see what's what's happening in the landscape and then determining how what's your best fit and where do you think you can provide the most help for. That's great. Juan, you are an instructor in the School of Hospitality Leadership at DePaul University, teaching a variety of event management and tourism courses. But more recently, I am excited to say that you are the diversity, equity, and inclusion advocate for the Driehaus College of Business. And from the bottom of my heart, Juan, I can't thank you enough for being a guest on The Hospitality Spirit today. Thank you so much, Nick. It was a pleasure to be on. I, 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 I,